Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. Abby Hello. Normal. This is the Abby Normal podcast, which is one year old. What a wild year it has been. Often podcast hosts will say things like that, and I don't like it because I can't connect with it. Like, okay, cool, you had an interesting year, but like, I wasn't actually there. In this case, you are here with me. You have gone through a global pandemic. You've been scared for your parents or kids. You've been home way too much in the past five months. You saw... George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery murdered in front of your eyes. You protested in the street or you watched the world protest. You've lost your job or been scared of what could happen if you do. You have had a crazy ass year right along with me. One bright spot has been this podcast. Never once have I sat down to produce an episode and felt like it was a waste of time or been stressed about it. It brings me that little spark of joy, telling my story, helping other people tell theirs, and hopefully reminding you that you're weird and that is normal. In reflecting on my notes from childhood, I realized that I experienced a contagious virus breakout back in high school. Here it is. Guess what? I forgot to tell you, I have mono! Exclamation point. But it's only contagious through saliva, so you don't need to worry. Reply. I'm sorry about that whole mono madness breakout going around, but we know whose fault that is. Snoop Doggy J. Apparently, this Snoop Doggy J person was patient zero in the high school pandemic. (laughs) But anyways, I wanted to give you an update from Annie and I, and do a little retro perspective on the past year. Most of our life update, I can tell you, is boring. Since our last recording together in March, the Shelter in Place episode... Annie's ordered new art because she's sick of everything in her house. She went to her cabin. She made tomato soup. We started out ordering food way too frequently and then realized that that was breaking the bank. Annie discovered Instacart groceries. I ordered frappuccinos from Uber Eats that showed up an hour later warm. Lessons have been learned. We are bored. Here's our state of mind. And there's like nothing to do but talk. And there's nothing to fucking talk about. Right. Which that's like the problem. There's nothing to do but talk, but there's also nothing to talk about. No, because like, I'll talk to you next weekend and I'll be like, what did you do? And you're like, my dog, I hung out with my dog. What did you do? I worked and then I made dinner. That's what I fucking do every day. Yeah. It's feeling very tedious. <laughs> I, I, like, I just, I feel like I don't know how to do anything anymore, including having a, have a conversation. Like I, feel like I used to be a lot more eloquent and like did not lose my train of thought and like had more words than I have now but because uh-huh. I have not been using my brain very much like all uh-huh. these skills have atrophied 
Well, and remember like what our lives were like in 2019, we would be around hundreds of people every day, yeah, like and having have, like, conversation, <laughs> right? <laughs> gathering information that then we could like share with each other. And now we are, I can tell you about the entire Twilight series because I watched that last weekend, but that's like all the information I have. I mean, we can talk about that. No, it's horrible. <laughs> it is, but we can talk about that. It is so want. bad. It's so bad. Yeah. There are a couple of specific follow-ups I want to share with you regarding previous episodes. The first is our very popular Fun Employment episode from January 2020. We were in a major processing stage at that point, and here's our thoughts on it now. (sighs) Yeah, I look back on that episode, which again was only four months ago, Mm -hmm. and yeah, the world is just a totally different place like yes we had a level of stress when we had those conversations it is nothing (laughs) it is it it feels like nothing now it feels like freaking nothing right we were like whatever we'll you know we'll figure it out like yeah it sucks it's annoying but like we had that little bit of severance that got us through and we also had so many fun plans we had so many are like we were so ignorant with like the (laughs) amount of fun plans we were gonna have yeah and like let's let's be honest even like the tone of that episode I would not have posted three months later you know what I mean like being unemployed there's there's no fun in unemployment right now for half of Americans so right different situation yeah we sound like assholes entitled assholes <laughs> well yeah because we were just basking in the fact that we were both actually very happy to be unemployed <laughs> like, totally right and and it was like the fear was or maybe not even fear but the anxiety was like discovering who we are and what we want to do with our lives not right. like will i be able to find a job or will i perish or will I perish? Or will I not be able to eat or pay my rent or pay my hospital bills or, or get whatever? Or 100%. So, yeah. Real yeah. quick. We did actually land on decisions regarding our careers. Here's how Annie finally made hers. In January, I think when you posted the episode is when I kind of really started thinking about like, okay, what are my, ne- what are my next steps? And I really couldn't think of anything that I wanted to do. I wanted to do nothing. One of my friends, she suggested perhaps I should look into veterinary medicine and veterinary technology. And that's not something I'd ever considered. Like I love animals. I always have. I'm good with them. I guess like my whole life, I've sort of thought that I wasn't good at like math and science because when I was younger, I was definitely on the English and history and art side of stuff. But as I have gotten older, I am actually decent at math and science. It is something I believe in, like it's real. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay at it. And I think my brain grew from the time since I was last in school to better comprehend these things and not find them boring. So I, I sat with that for a while and didn't really like feel super gung-ho about it right away. I was just like, oh, school, I kind of didn't like that. And then I started doing some research because I realized I didn't exactly know what being a vet tech was. And effectively, a vet tech is an animal nurse. I didn't realize it was so involved. Like, I didn't realize that you do quite a 
few things that like you would think that it is the veterinarian's job to do. It's actually the vet tech's job. And that sounded super interesting to me. I'm pretty level-headed and even keeled. So I think I have the right like temperament to do that. To just like stay chill under pressure. Yeah. Like I had to do that for five and a half years at my previous job. So, and I only cried like at work, like Like a handful times a year. (laughs) So always in the bathroom though. So I thought about it and then I decided to just go to one of the colleges locally that offers the vet tech program and do a tour and ask a bunch of questions. And that led into me doing an observation of like their labs where I got to watch two surgeries take place. Wow. And that didn't scare you away? They have a cat, neuter of a dog, and I was incredibly hungover and I did not barf and I was still interested in it afterwards. <laughs> so I ended up enrolling. It's a two-year program and I was supposed to originally start at the end of this month. Today was supposed to be like the first day of school, but then global pandemic struck and this school that I'm going to be attending obviously is still trying to figure out what the hell to do transitioned everything to like online for now which is great I think for a lot of things but learning biological sciences and veterinary sciences is a very hands-on situation part of what I like about this program was that you'd be in lecture for like half the day and then you'd go straight into lab and applied but you just learned so that's not really the situation currently and they haven't been super forthcoming about what their plan is So I decided that starting right now is not the right thing. Like, it's a big deal for me to go back to school after 15 years. So I've uh, begun the process of pushing back to the next term, which will be in October. I also found a job and started it during the shelter in place. So never stepped foot in my office, never seen my desk, like nothing, never met face-to-face any of my coworkers, but it's been cool so far. Like everyone's nice. The work is like the right amount of challenging versus like flexible in this weird pandemic situation. The location for working is flexible for everybody. Like, I don't know, the leadership has definitely had a heart as far as like letting people manage their personal lives right now. That's great. So it's been, it's been good, but it's also in regional plan. It's like a regional government organization. So, you know, everything that's happening is also going to impact like the work that we do in the world and big questions, like just as one example, and there are millions with all of these people capable of working remote, will they actually start moving out of our region into, into the suburbs, into more like rural locations if their jobs are in space? Yeah, exactly. Which that's just like one question mark right now of what our future is going to look like. Yeah, that's crazy. We'll be interested to see how that all pans out. Yeah. I mean, I guess your new role, like that is a hands-on kind of job, right? It is. It's actually... If it would I, tie you to a region, you know? Sort of. That's Well, that's also part of the reason why I picked this field is, like, we all know that I'm not super in love with the Bay Area anymore, and there are vet offices everywhere, so right. I could theoretically go anywhere and potentially find a job, and I wouldn't also be limited to just vet's office. I could work at, like, wildlife preserves or zoos. Like, there's, there's an, any number of 
like rescues, like you can shelters, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. So, so yeah, good choice. Well, and it'll also just be nice to have a job that when I tell people what I do, they don't tell me to go fuck myself (laughs) or ask me how I sleep at night. Yeah. They don't, they don't assume you're like killing babies, loving baby seals or. Right. So that'll be nice too. Yeah. I mean, it does feel good to be doing something that is good for the world versus contributing to what may be part of the world's problems. Correct. I am so sorry to everybody that does not know what my previous job was or where I worked. I will not say it, but But I know that's probably frustrating. I will. I mean, they're they're probably going to be closed in like six months, and you can say whatever you want because they'll be bankrupt. Yep. If they are, I will do that. Oh my god! Thank you. Dying. Because then my NDA will probably be null Null and void. void. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Fun employment, or rather, just motherfucking unemployment. It's not fun anymore. No. (laughs) Um, It's not fun. It's not funny. It's not fun or funny. Our second episode was regarding the first Democratic debate. OMG, we were so excited. It required a whole episode to discuss. We do not have the same level of excitement now. It's more just a permeating feeling of desperation. I have so many mixed feelings about this election anyway. Like, cool. It's down to two white, old white men again. Like, obviously Biden's better than the current situation. Yeah, there were candidates that I would absolutely be excited about right now. Yes, there were. Me too. That would have been honestly like such amazing presidents for this time in our history, but that's not our situation. And I'm I'm with you. I'm not excited whatsoever. No. And the the problem is necessity, but that's it. Absolutely right. I mean, my only hope is about the fact that Biden basically backed himself into a corner where he has to pick a woman for his VP. So, I mean, that is progress. It's more than we've had historically if hopefully he gets elected. I guess I could get more excited about that. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> I guess, how I feel. Like, I, and I, I want him to just pick somebody. I know they're in, like, the vetting process right now. It, literally anyone. Pick any woman of color. And just that's, like, how, that's what I was just gonna say. Help Anyone us get excited. Color, yeah. My, I'm still, I'm still holding you. out that it's gonna be Kamala, because I think she could actually do something very meaningful with the vice presidency. Like she's so strong and yeah. so her own person that I think she could make that position more than it historically has been. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like it feels like a different world from when we posted that fun employment episode to now, right? Like that was four months. Four months from now when we're voting, it's going to be a different world again. Well, even, That's even how fast now, everything's changing. Even now talking about the election from when the last time we talked about that, which I don't even remember when that was, like we were so excited. There were so many like wonderful candidates, uh, people of color, so many women, some of them of color. Like it's, it was such an exciting initial race. possibilities man who who knew that like 2019 would be so full of possibilities and then 2020 they would all crash and burn in front of our eyes 2020 <laughs> was like hey y- y'all are cute you little girls are cute 
2020 is like, here, hold my drink. Beyond unemployment, politics, and twilight, we wanted to go a little deeper and reflect on the past year. So we posted up outside in my front yard, social distancing, and I'll let Annie give you the full picture. We're sitting outside on your front lawn, and it is very nice outside. There are cars driving by. We have run into lovely people on the street walking by, one of whom was an acquaintance of mine who just adopted a puppy, and it was very lovely to see him. It felt like the most amazing thing in the world to see another human being. Correct. And then another lovely couple walked by, and they noticed the enormous amount of empty white claw cans on Abby's front lawn. Yep. Which we have consumed. Yeah. No shame in the game. And they commented on it, saying, that's an awful lot of white claw cans. Wait, white claw cans. Correct. And we were like, hey, don't judge us. And they were like, we are not. We just came from a patio social distance dining situation in which a man was outside playing guitar. That would normally be mediocre. But on this particular occasion... He was Jimi Hendrix. Correct. They were pumping their fists in the air. Because <laughs> they were just so happy to see some sort of live music happening in the world. Right. So that is the context for where we are currently and why it probably sounds like garbage. Probably. I asked Annie what's Hi. different now than Hello. when I started the podcast a year ago. Hi. Hi. Hello. A year ago, you were unemployed. I was okay. employed. Yes. One year later... You are employed. I am unemployed. Right, right. Little little switching of roles. Yeah, little role reversal. Right. A year ago, politically, the world was still fucked. Right, but we got to pretend it wasn't to a certain extent. We can no longer pretend. Correct. Because everything is, like, super fucked now. Right, 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 right. We are in the midst of a global pandemic. Correct, we are, as well as a reckoning regarding racial justice. It is a brand new civil war. Pretty much. That's how it feels. It is an election year. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, the world is just a a vastly different place than it was a year ago. A year ago, we were snugging up in the lounge, the podcast lounge, recording at a much better quality. And now we have to be outside six feet apart. So garbage recording right. you may be able to hear in the background that people are still setting off fireworks which they have been for months now it was non-stop on the fourth of july and the week before and the week after and it's still going and i would really like to get some sleep <laughs> yeah and i live about four doors down from our city hall which has been closed for four months this big beautiful building And we had a memorial for Black Lives Matter on the steps of our building for the past month. Pictures and flowers. And now there is posted all over City Hall our demands to defund the police as well as chalk writings in front of it. So it's a daily reminder of things are not normal and or okay. And we have a lot of work to do to get back to 
our new normal. Back to? Forward to? Looking forward to a new normal. Looking forward to a new new normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, four months ago feels like 55,000 weeks ago, approximately. I miss being able to hug people. It is a very weird realization that I literally have not had physical contact with anybody in months. Like, my grandfather, who I haven't seen in 10 years, I couldn't hug him. And then that just very recently dawned on me that, like, literally nobody has touched my body at all (laughs) in months. And that is such a weird sensory deprivation. Yeah. So what I would add to that is it is very difficult to have sex in a small household when your child is there 24-7. And also not going to bed at a reasonable hour, because what is the point of going to bed at a reasonable hour? There's nothing. What even is time anymore? Like, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Exactly. So my child is staying up very late, and we do not get any private time. So for any body touching to occur, it requires a lot of secrecy and sneakery. (laughs) And the only thing that's touched my body is an insane amount of white claws. (laughs) That's the only thing that's been inside me, if you will. <laughs> that's the only thing that's been inside me. That's so funny. Yeah, life has tra- changed dramatically in the past year in ways I feel like we're not even going to be able to calculate until five years from now when we could look back. If If we can look back. Yeah, I'm basically like frightening all of my friends right now by sharing my prediction that the apocalypse will happen November 3rd, 2020. (laughs) Because I just don't see a positive outcome after the election. Like, Well, I think part of it is, like, we had our hopes up so, so high in 2016. We, like, knew that the Pantsuit Brigade was going to win, and it didn't. This November, I will be celebrating four years off Facebook (laughs) because I deactivated my Facebook account the day after the election. Thank God. But, yeah, no, we don't want to get our hopes up. So now we just hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Which preparing for the worst right now means literally like buying a gun, getting your motorcycle ready to leave this city, stocking up on food. Got that motorcycle license. Right. So we're ready for that. But otherwise, I I just feel like if 45 wins, the moderates and left are going to freak out and we will have a civil war. If Biden wins and Trump contests it, the right is going to freak out and we're going to have a civil war. So there's like a very slim margin where Biden wins, 45 doesn't contest it, and we can move forward. And I feel like that's only a 33% chance. 33 seems generous. But yeah, no, I agree. I think that we just are mentally bracing ourselves for the worst. And then physically, we are using our fingers to click through so many listings on Zillow on pages and pages of houses that come with land on the East Coast (laughs) so we can try to uh, sustainably survive 
on our own. We need to be able to grow our own food and have our own animals. And I don't know what the currency will be during the apocalypse. Like, is it gold? That doesn't really make sense. My friend saves cat whiskers because she's certain that at some point that's going to become currency. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to challenge your friend, but I have no need for cat whiskers. So like, like knives, breast milk. Ooh, I've got... Thankfully, my neighbor slash best friend just had a baby, so I've got a freezer full of breast milk because she ran out of room in hers, so. Hell yeah. Stock up on that shit. What was that book that we had to read in middle school that traumatized everyone? The Grapes of Wrath. The Grapes of Wrath. Okay, stock up on your breast milk. That's all I'm saying. else about what you've learned this year or how you're processing your path forward? I've learned that although I consider myself an open-minded and open-hearted person, I still have a lot of work to do. And I'm really excited and nervous and scared and happy to do that work. So I'm doing a lot of reading and a lot of listening and trying not to do a lot of speaking other than to scream that black lives matter (laughs) and to defund the police and to get 45 out of office. I've learned that I'm excited to go back to school soon, hopefully maybe in October. I don't know to enter into profession, working with animals that I can literally move anywhere. I don't have to be tied to a specific place again, can flee if necessary. (laughs) And I've learned that I'm not as much of an introvert as I thought I was. <laughs> I, miss, I miss being around some people. I miss sitting in the lounge to record. Sitting, what is it? Sitting crooked and talking straight? Yes. Thank yeah. you, Karen in Georgia. Yeah, I miss that. Like, a black cat just ran by, so I don't know. Look, there, look over there. <laughs> Fully just crossed all of our paths. He literally basically made a circle around us, so we're, we're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> I'm sorry. End of transmission. <laughs> Captain's log. Destroy the shadows. Come out and fight. What about you? You know, I've been I've been proud of what we put out over the past year. Like I feel like we had hopefully some things that were funny and lifted people's spirits and helped people connect with themselves and the parts about themselves that they feel like is weird and uncomfortable and just to know that other people feel those things too and I feel like we've put out diverse stories lots of different friends that have different perspectives than ours even and in putting those out it also helps you realize how much that you don't know and how much you have to learn and so I think that that's cool (laughs) that at 33 and 40 we do still have lots to learn and that's what makes life worth living and that we're we're open to learning like we're two white women we know there's a lot of a lot of that is problematic because regardless of our upbringing we have had privilege on our side and i'm excited to 
break that down. Break down what's been, like, ingrained in me in ways that I don't even realize. Right. And take my blinders off. And just, like, making sure I'm giving all the shits about other people. Like Dr. Fauci said, I don't know how to explain to you to care about other people. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> literally should be the the quote of it, the year. And forever. And ever. Always. Throughout time. So, until societal collapse and we lose internet access, I'm going to keep bringing you Abby Normal. You don't need it, but I hope that you like it. And if you do, and I promise to only speak these words once a year, please rate it on whatever platform you listen to so that other people can find it through the magical algorithm that makes these things happen. I'll leave you with one more high school note, and I'm really feeling the itch in this one. The need to get out of the house and the need to rage with no clear outlet. Sorry I didn't call you tonight, but I couldn't. I'm grounded until Thursday. We got to get together and do something. I feel like going to a hardcore party. I'm about to kick that Mel girl's butt. She thinks she's bad crap. I might have to put her into place. I'm in a mood to totally put someone into place. Don't ask me why. If you are also feeling rage, there are many appropriate outlets. One is to push for criminal charges in the death of Breonna Taylor. Officers Brett Hankinson, John Mattingly, and Mile Cosgrove in Louisville, Kentucky should be held accountable. As well as officers Nathan Woodyard, Jason Rosenblatt, and Randy Roadman responsible for the death of Elijah McLean in Aurora, Colorado. Black Lives Matter, wear a mask, and just give a shit. All the shits about other people, please. Stay home. Keep your circle small, please, for the future of America. Good night and good luck. <laughs> the tracks on this episode are Destroy the Shadows by Unreal, I Vampiri by The Impalers, and this track is A Word I Said by The High Decibels.